0: This is Call to Action Part 2 because the first one, I don't know how many parts there are going to be, but the first one um, is prior to this and I spoke about the Kingdom of God and what we know about the Kingdom of God from Scripture and I covered that in Part 1 and a little bit starting into what we need to do to be a part of that Kingdom because all of us have the opportunity to be a part to be living in eternity with God. And that's something that I don't know that, that people really comprehend. Like we are going to have human bodies. Jesus gave us the example when he came back after he died and he was seen by hundreds of people, spoke in front of hundreds of people at the same time, there were like a crowd of 500 or so. People saw him, he was eating again That's what nobody really thinks about. Like our life here, there are two deaths and not too many people talk about that. I mean, I haven't heard that growing up my whole life. There are two deaths. There's the first death is here on earth and that's our transition. And then after that transition and when Jesus returns and there's a period of time when judgment finally occurs, that's the second death if you haven't prepared to be in eternity with God. So uh, the first death is really more or less, um, we're kind of like in a sleep mode. Um, In the scripture they talk about that often about how the people are asleep. And so everyone who's passed on all the way back in history, those people are asleep right now and they are waiting until Jesus returns and that's when people will be brought back, they will be raised. I mean, the people who, have, who believe in Jesus and who have prepared will raise at that point. Um, the, there will be a little bit later on all the rest of the people will raise but the ones who are prepared will raise first and then later on the others will be raised and that's when judgment will occur and from the bible it's it's a little i don't it's kind of part so jesus will return and then there is this period called the thousand year reign or the millennium and whether it's symbolic or it's literal we don't know we'll have to wait and see what really happens, but it's after that that judgment occurs, as far as I can tell um, from what I've read in the Bible. So Jesus will return. He will reign. He will be the leader, the king, and on earth here. He's coming here first, and then after he's been here for a period of time, which is said to be a thousand years in scripture, that's when the final judgment will happen after that, and then um, God's kingdom—it'll uh, be the Im- immortal living that we have. In fact, I believe from what I've read is that when Jesus comes back, there are actually going to be immortal and mortal beings at the same time here on Earth, which is really interesting. Uh, but I've kind of. I was curious about that, and I kept looking into scripture, and that's what I found is that when he returns, there's gonna be a mixture of people here. And so that's very interesting. But anyway, so how do we prepare? So if you, I I would think, I mean, I can't imagine, but the Bible does tell us that some people will reject this. And I can't even imagine how anyone would want to reject this. But I guess it's just those people who love their life so much on this earth and think their life is so great or don't want to change, that those are the people who will not experience the eternity with God, and they will be in a very hor- horrible place that's described in the Bible. And I, you know, if anybody reads that, I just don't know why you'd make that choice, but the Bible does say that. People make that choice. Not everyone's going to choose to be in eternity with God. They're not going to agree with this information, not agree with it, but they're not going to choose it. They're not going to accept it. And um, that's, I don't know, it's hard for me to understand how anybody could not. But that's okay, because God gives everybody a choice. You do not have to accept anything that I'm saying, but what I'm saying is in the Bible— in scripture, And if you don't believe me, I suggest that you look into it yourself and prove me wrong. So anyway, if you want to be in God's kingdom, and it's described beautifully, read, not read, but listen to part one of this Call to Action podcast. Uh, but God has great things. I mean, if we look on this earth right now, and we look at all the beauty that exists, and I love nature, I love natural formations, mountains, oceans, um, the beauty of nature, sunrises, sunsets, um, just the things that man didn't create, but that are here, that we experience, just the beauty in all of that. And that's all from, I mean, God did all of that. And just to think that he's going to make something new and better than that, better than what we have right now. We can't even comprehend that. I mean, I I look at some of the places that I haven't even been yet, but other people have been and taken photographs of it, and they're just such amazing places that I can't wait to see, and I can't wait to see what God has planned. So God's kingdom is something that really we should all really be excited about um, when we comprehend what is planned. And as I mentioned in the first thing, God Plan this, like when he planned the earth, he planned that all this stuff was going, that he was going to do all this and made a place for those who would choose him. Um, actually, he chooses people, but people have to accept him. And so um, how do you prepare? How do you know? Because we can know while we're here on earth, even before we die, whether we are going to be in eternity with God or whether we are going to not be with him. And we'll be in hell and in this place where the way that it describes in the Bible, you're just never satisfied. You're always wanting, but that want never goes away like you don't ever achieve. It's kind of like here on earth. It's it's a little example of that because, you know, after you accomplish something, you're on to the next thing. Like, what's the next best thing that you can do? And you're always wanting to go more and more. It seems like no one really gets... To the point where they achieve something and they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm not going to do anything more. I don't have any desires to improve after this. Most people are not like that. There's always another step, another thing that they want to do. And that's going to be, but worse than the way it is here. Um, It's going to, you're just never going to be satisfied. And you're going to be in tremendous heat, thirsty, just... Uh, misery, misery forever. That's God's law. God's law will prevail. That's what's going to happen to people who don't want, who people who reject him. I mean, that's just a simple thing, and it, it's your choice. So, okay, I need to get back to the point. Um, so how do we know that we can get there? Um, first of all, we acknowledge that we're all sinners, that None of us are perfect, and we're not going to be able to fulfill every little detail that God tells us is part of his code of conduct, basically, like the Ten Commandments, um, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 are good ones to read about, um, you know, about What it's going to be like and um, the blessings and how we should act, I mean, our call to action, um, those types of things. But when you read it, you realize that, like, murder is being angry at somebody, and adultery is looking at someone lustfully. When you get into, like, the details of all of that, you realize that none of us can really, like, stand up to the 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 rules that God has established, and we can't rewrite them. We can't change them. We can't say they're old-fashioned. Those are what God made, and every word that God has, it says in the Bible that those will prevail. I mean, the the earth and the heavens may go away or will go away at some point, but God's word will, will remain. The rules he established, they're going to be eternal, and we have to get a grip on that because that's reality whether we like it or not and that's maybe why some people reject it but you have to make that decision on your own so it requires to be to know that we're going to be into in God's kingdom we have to change our ways we have to acknowledge that we are sinful And we do need to change. When Jesus first started um, preaching, he was, well, he was like 30 years old. According to Luke, he was about 30 when he got baptized. And um, he got baptized to fulfill, I guess, to fulfill scripture because Jesus was sinless. So he, you know, but it was, it was showing people the righteous way of living And John the Baptist, when he first baptized people, he baptized people as repentance, as a preparation for the future. But then Jesus would baptize with the Spirit. And the Spirit is what people need in order to be raised from the dead, to have God's Spirit dwelling within them. That is how Jesus was raised, because he had he was he was had the spirit of God within him, and that is how he raised also, and that's how we will raise, and all the people who are believers will be raised. So, um, when Jesus first started doing his ministry, he started out um, preaching. Um, this is in Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. So Jesus' presence on earth, that's the kingdom of heaven coming near. And he, at that point, he's saying repent. Repent means to change. It means to accept that we are sinful and to change those ways. Learn about what God has. Um, Jesus also said, "Like if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So it's... It's the condition of our heart. It's what's in our heart. Do we, when we fully comprehend what Jesus has done to us, done, not done to us, done for us, then, we'll there's going to be a level of gratitude that you're going to have, and you're want to you'll you'll be thankful that He did what He did, so that we can be in eternity. Because if that hadn't happened, we would just we would just die the second death and we would be in that eternal place in hell and that's where we would be if it wasn't for Jesus and when we really comprehend that and really understand and all of a sudden it clicks with us where we know this is the truth it's not a fable it's not a story it's reality when we finally understand that you will be grateful for it and putting up with the things that we're not used to because we're sinful it's not a big deal. It's it's really not a big deal and although it is hard to to be obedient and to live by the rules that God has established, he also gives us help with that. All we have to do is pray to him and ask for his spirit to help us so that we can live better so that we can stay on the right path and it's really a connection to God through reading scripture through praying and asking Jesus for the Holy Spirit because we can't do you know things that are impossible for man are possible with God and we know that from scripture so then let's see so Jesus talked about repentance and then he also talked about um, being born again, actually. And this is with Nicodemus and it's written in um, John chapter three verses one through twenty one. And it's probably easiest if I just read that to you. And um, hopefully I'll find it. I've got all these tabs on my on my Bible, but to get back and forth, this actually turned into a much longer podcast than I had intended because there's, I guess, it's a lot more to cover than what I thought it really was to begin with. But, oh, when I mentioned about Jesus promising the Holy Spirit, here, this is found in John 14 and it's verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And this is, it goes on further than that, but... um, Jesus does say that he would send his Holy Spirit to his disciples and to those who follow him, um, to all of us. I mean, that is something else that's available for us. So getting to, I haven't found John 3 chapters. I guess I didn't tab that one. But John 3, verses 1 through 21. uh, Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with them. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again? you must be born again. The wind blows when it, wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So God tells us we have to be Jesus is God. So Jesus tells us that we have to be born again in order to be in the kingdom of God. And that's, like I said, in John chapter 3, if you want to read that for yourself and read further. Um, Jesus himself was baptized, and um, that was documented in all of the Gospels, that he himself got baptized. And baptism is symbolic um, to show that you have accepted God's commands and that you are changing your life you are creating a new life for yourself because, and everyone has to create a new life. If you haven't done this, you haven't changed your life, then you are not born again. And you are you haven't realized maybe that you're a sinner or you are a sinner and you don't feel like changing yet because you like the sin but if you look to the future you're going to realize that you're not going to want to hang on to that because the future's not so bright if you do um, but you may may you may choose to stay in sin but certainly read the bible and figure out what you're what you're holding on to because it's not a good thing once you finally realize that, if you choose to be in God's kingdom, you'll want to give it up and you'll want to ask God for help because it's not easy. And the other thing I can tell you too is when you finally make that decision and you tell God, you basically surrender to God and just say, God, you know, help me, control my life, guide me, give me advice, lead me, Send your Holy Spirit to help me because I want to be your child. I want to be a child of God. When you say that, afterwards, you are going to face some hardships. Everyone who's gone through that, and nobody warned me about this when I did that, I had to learn that out on my own. And um, there's like a, I don't know if it's a testing period or what, God allows stuff to happen to you. And um, I think it's better if you know that going into it because there's going to be a lot of little trials that come up to you that are really going to test you and you're going to think, gosh, my life was easier before I did this. And that happens to people and then they'll fall away because I've I've even talked to some people who um, were trying to do everything, trying to live right and everything and then And then all of a sudden, they just said their life was terrible. And so then they became, I mean, some people actually that I talked to became an atheist, actually. And that's really crazy because they just didn't stand the test of time. I mean, they didn't, you we've all heard that no pain, no gain. And when you're talking about, you know, athleticism or training for anything and, and you have to put in some work before you get the results. And, you know, this person just kind of gave up. And that's kind of crazy and very short-sighted because you're not looking at what the future is. And it's not just like, oh, I don't get a prize if I don't make it. It's like your life is going to be living hell for eternity, like immortal hell. I mean, thats it's very short-sighted to give up along the way. But all I'm saying is that, unfortunately, you are probably going to have some trials. Things are going to go bad when you surrender to God. And that's just what happens because there are spiritual evil forces that will try to separate you from God. And the only thing that I can say to do when that happens is pray harder, read scripture more, um, find, you know, biblical studies, biblical videos, do anything you can to surround yourself, substitute whatever, just draw nearer to God is what you have to do at that time. And God will get you through it. And he got me through it. And then um, a lot of things that went away for me were restored. And miraculously, actually, because I just, it didn't make any sense how things got better. You know, I went through a really hard time. And then all of a sudden these really good things that I had no explanation for started happening and um, I just hung on to God but it was painful and I can tell you that you know I was in tears I was crying and I was praying and um, I was distraught I mean it was really tough time and uh, but I got through it and after the fact talking to other believers they said they've gone through the same thing but nobody warned me ahead of time Nobody told me that, and if somebody would have told me ahead of time, I think I could have handled it better, and just thought, okay, I knew this was coming, just got to stick through it, but nobody told me, and I didn't find out until after the fact, but, so I'm warning you that if you choose to do this, it's going to get tough, but stick with it, because it's, it's much better, stick with it, and it'll get better. It'll just be temporary, just like everything. You've got to get through the pain. So, um, in preparation, um, you need to you know, make a uh, commitment to change your life. You need to know God. And the only way we know God is by praying to God and by reading scripture. Um, or, you know, we can listen to people, but the only thing is sometimes people don't get it right. And so if you do listen to people, make sure you still read the Bible because that's the only place that you know that you're going to get truth. And you can go back to the, a lot of people talk about these variations of the Bible. So I'm going to cut to the chase on that one too. Uh, Go to blueletterbible.org and you can look at every single reference you have in the Bible. You can go back to the original Hebrew, which is all the Old Testament, or you can look at the original Greek words for the New Testament. And so you will know exactly what was in the scrolls that were written in scripture, and there's not going to be any of this, well, it got, you know, edited. Well, it's been edited, but you know what, it's really consistent. Um, And if you go, if you really want to get that detail, you can get it through blue, B-L-U-E-L-E-T-T-E-R- B-I-B-L-E dot org. So go there and search and you will get all your answers that way. So um, let's see what else. So you have to know God. So know God through scripture. Trust God in every situation. Don't worry about it. That's what the Bible even tells us. Don't worry about any of this. God knows everything that's going on and all we have to do, he he loves it when we trust him. And that's when, if you want to shorten your suffering, trust God. If you kind of like hang on to your own thing and think you're going to take care of it yourself and you put your trust in, well, I've got to do this or whatever. If you put all that pressure on you, it's going to take way longer than if you just say, God, please take care of this for me or guide me at what I need to do. But... I'm putting everything on you because I can't handle it. Just put your trust in God and God will take care of it. And that's a huge step for a lot of people who, who don't trust people. People who aren't trusting, it's really hard, but that's a big, big, big component of this is trusting God. We really need to trust God. So that's another part of preparation. So Jesus talked a lot about preparation, and I'm already getting to the end of this one. So I think I'm going to do a part three that talks about preparation and sharing. So that'll be my next podcast. Uh, I will be back soon. Bye. Bye.